I'll not be in your midst as I have promised if you will praise me. I inhabit the praise of my people. If my praise is absent, if my presence is absent, it's because your praise is absent. Praise ye the Lord, ye congregation of the righteous. Praise the Lord in everything, and he will delight your heart, saith the Lord. Amen. Will you give the Lord his praise right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you haven't had your praise, if you haven't found your praise today, that's where the Lord delights in you, and that's where his presence is made manifest. Bless the Lord forever. Bless the Lord forever. You may be seated. Praise God. What a joy it is to be in the house of the Lord today. We can come together with God's people and experience the benefits and blessings that are ours through him and i'm guessing that this battery is uh dying am i right on this you hear that i don't think it's my stomach i'll just take this if you want to move to that praise god praise god there's just nothing better than coming to the house of god and experiencing what god has for us you may come in with some kind of heaviness but the smile on somebody's face kind of lifts that up, and you have a reason to rejoice. I uh, came in today, and several of the ladies were greeting me out there and just made me feel so good. And I told them, I said, you know, I, you guys almost sound sincere in your uh, welcome. And so um, that's the way we ought to feel when we come to the house of God. So bless the Lord forever. I'm grateful for an opportunity to share the word of the Lord uh, today, always good to preach to the Stratford Heights uh, family. I uh, would like to say that my mission is a mission impossible today. Pastor Ray's passionately presented the what and the who and the why of creating and maintaining a culture of honoring. And um, so I'm not trying to get sympathy, but how would you answer the remaining questions? What would you say to the how. How do we create and maintain this culture of honoring? And then when and where is that to be done? Now the definition of culture, I looked it up by the way, I spent a little extra time, looked it up in the dictionary for you, and it says um, the behaviors and beliefs that are characteristic of a particular social, ethnic, or age group uh, and a visual of this actually is provided for us in the scripture for uh, 2 Thessalonians 1, 3-4. And uh, it says this, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all towards each other aboundeth. 
so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God, in your patience and your faith, in all your persecution and tribulation that you endure. Now, it didn't leave out persecution, it didn't leave out tribulation, but it said in enduring all of these things, there is an evident culture of honoring. You're loving one another, you're respecting one another, you're showing forth the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's what we need in our hearts and in our lives. Can we pray together? Eternal Fathers, we bow in your presence. We thank you, and perhaps most of all, for your presence. Because in your presence is fullness of joy. Lord, we know that in your presence we can uh, see that our light is uh, dispersed and our, our darkness is dispelled. And we can see, oh God, that the needs of our lives are, are met and the bondages of this life are eradicated. And so we thank you, Lord, for your presence. I pray now, Lord, that you touch and make possible today a miraculous work of your grace. Open the hearts of your people to hear the word of the Lord. Let my lips speak only your truths, and I'll be careful to thank you and praise you for it. Touch Beverly today, and may she be completely whole and well, according to your word in Jesus' name. And all the people said, amen, amen. Now, applying these principles of honoring is a huge task because it not, does not depend on one or two strong leaders. It depends on every one of us that's the huge task that is before me and the list of how that how that is uh, played out every day is longer and longer pastor ray has challenged us the bible even commands us that it must be done among those who are disciples followers of christ now we know that just because the bible says we must doesn't mean it will get done uh, just because the preacher says it must doesn't mean it will get done. Who hasn't seen the sign in the restroom that says employees must wash their hands before returning to work? Just because it's on the sign doesn't mean it's going to get done. So then, it's not a guarantee. That, some of you already are in shock. Who is this guy? I'm not Jim Jones, I'm the other Jones. <laughs> we know that because the Bible says it, it's not going to get done. We have to participate. The, the pivotal point is, will every one of us do it? 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 and 12 says, Wherefore also we pray also for you, that our God would count you worthy of this calling, fulfill and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness in the work of faith with power, that the name of the Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him according to the grace of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, by way of review, honoring one another is showing appropriate respect for one another that is motivated by love towards one another without pretense or partiality. Putting the person and needs of others above our own selves. This is getting difficult here. Without respect of persons and in all things giving glory to God and edifying the body of Christ. That's really hard. It's easier to amen it, brother, than it is to live it out. <laughs> now, I suppose I could just point to you guys 
and you would say amen, but none of us would benefit as much from that. Say amen when you feel that you're in accord with it. That's great. 1 Peter 2 and 17 says, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. 1 Corinthians 12, 26 says, And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Romans 20, uh, excuse me, 12 and 10 says, Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Don't you hate that? I'm already feeling pangs here of that power of the word. Preferring one another. Romans 12, 15 through 18 says, Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that do weep. Celebrate with others, cry with others. Be of the same mind, one towards another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceit. Recompense no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. And this is the thing now. Listen carefully here. This is your loophole. This is your way out. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Now, now that's the challenge, my friend, and maybe that's our only loophole, as much as in you is. Now, Philippians, the second chapter, the third verse says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, esteem others, it gets worse, better than yourself. Now, I'm going to tell you, that is where the rubber hits the road in honoring one another and establishing and maintaining a culture of honoring. It's when we can treat others better than ourselves. Maybe this is where I should say, give up the remote sometimes and let other people feel worthy. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. That's what the fourth verse says. Now, Romans 12 and 19, let uh, love be without dissimulation, without uh, respect. Uh, uh, abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. Now, God himself set the standard of this. Now, respect, uh, many words in English language can have a double meaning. In fact, almost opposite meanings from time to time, there are words like this. But listen to this idea of respect. Uh, it's not respect. Um, uh, uh, it's not re not respecting other people. It's not respecting one person over another person. That's what he's saying here. God has no respect of persons. We should have no respect of persons. We should be treating everybody uh, well, like uh, a favorite son. Amen. Now, my wife isn't here. She's uh, she's ill. Pray for her. But if we were here today, she would know exactly what I mean by treating everybody like your favorite son. You do it without preferring one another, one before another, and don't do it with partiality. James 2 and 9 says, but if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law uh, 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 as a transgressor. Now, I just hate it when the Bible's just right in your face. Don't you hear? It, it just so plainly says, if you have respect of persons, if you choose one over another, 
you're sinning. That's powerful and uh, despicable and un- unlikable, but it is what the Word says. So we're not to pay respect elevating one and lowering another. Somebody comes in, uh, Jesus said, if somebody comes in wearing uh, a, a robe that looks like money, you know, and, and uh, his hair quaffed and quaffed and, and uh, everything in place, uh, you don't say, come take the higher seat uh, to him, and then to come, comes in someone who doesn't seem like he has money and say, uh, take, you, you take a seat back here at the back. Of course, at church, I guess it's reversed. The, the uh, high seats, the uh, desirable seats are at the back, and you have to come early for those. People on the front row get paid. It's very plain. If you have respect of persons, that's wrong. Now, the question still haunts us of how. There are a lot of specific things that can be done, and there are a lot of things that should not be done. This is not the time for us to be finger-pointing. When we're talking about honoring uh, a culture of honor, establishing it, maintaining it, this isn't a time for us to point out to everybody else what they need to do. Well, the ushers need to. The greeters need to. The singers need to. The preachers need to. No, you need to. I've gotten to where I don't really like that phrase, you need to. And if my wife is watching now instead of the 9 o'clock service, maybe I don't want to say this at all. But sometimes there's a long list that other people have for us. You need to, you need to, you need to. I'm afraid it's time for us to say, I need to. I need to do these things. It's not leadership to say, you need to. It's time for us to lead by example and do the things that we should be doing to establish and maintain this uh, covenant culture this covenant uh, relationship that we have of honoring each other. Now, you can formulate a list. In fact, you can use your time right now while you're on Facebook. You can just go ahead. (coughs) Or if you're bored, you can go ahead and give me a list of the things of how we can implement this, establish this, and uh, keep it going. And, uh, or you can even do this when you go home. You can sit down and make a plan, set forth a plan so that we can implement together what needs to be done to create and maintain a culture of honoring. Now, I have some examples here that I've already done because I knew I was going to preach this morning. Now, I think we could love each other with our whole being, not just a part, not just a parcel. You know, we tend to give one part of our lives to this area, one part of our lives to the other, but we ought to be true and blue, and we ought to give our whole being unto one another and have this culture, if we're going to have this culture of honoring. Now, I think we can, um, we can use our faces to honor one another. Now, what do you mean by that? Um, the smile on your face can uplift other people. I might, by the way, stop here and without an additional offering, give you a beauty secret. Some people have asked me why I look so good. It's because I smile all the time. Now, let me ask you folks, have you ever looked at yourself? Oh, come on now, come on. 
Why don't you go to the mirror and look and see your ugly self without a smile and then put a smile on? Praise God. You know, it wouldn't hurt to smile in church either. I just mentioned in that. Pastor Ray will probably pay me extra for me saying this. While you're preaching, it sure helps if people are not. Your face communicates a lot. And if we're going to have a culture of honoring, you've got to use your face. Now, also, our hands can be used to, communi uh, to communicate a culture of um, honoring. You know, there have been a few people over my lifetime, you reach out to shake their hands, and, and I know mine is a struggle because my hand's so fat and short, my fingers so short, can't even grip around some of them, but I've, I've shaken the hands of people sometimes that are like a fish that were caught yesterday. Come on, get into the program here. Let your handshake communicate your honor for one another. Some people say, well, uh, you know, we, sh uh, we shouldn't shake hands because it's not sanitary. Okay, go to fist bumps. Whatever. Something to let somebody know that you've acknowledged them. To honor them. Amen. Pat on the back. Touch on the arm. You know, just whatever. It just communicates that you realize, recognize, and, and appreciate that person's presence. Now, um, a pat on the back wouldn't hurt uh, either. I'll just say that one more time. A pat on the back wouldn't hurt either. Did I just say that twice? Okay, a pat on the back wouldn't hurt either. Now, sometimes you have to look for things to pat a person on the back for. And there's some things, sometimes you help people by saying, you should probably sleep on both sides of the bed, of your head on the bed, whatever. Uh, okay, that's going to meddling there. We can use our words. Words can be kind or cutting, sarcastic. You know, of all the things I mistreat people with, sarcasm is the worst. I figured it'd be easier to criticize me than you. So probably if you're a sarcastic person, people may not like being around you as well as you think they do. Keep your words sweet. Somebody said you may have to eat them. Social interaction. That's what we can do with our words. And uh, somebody posted an article about uh, the benefits of... Um, of even talking to strangers and how we relate to, to other people. They said, you know, when they get in the elevator, um, do you drop your eyes to the floor? Do you look at your cell phone or do you lift up your eyes, make eye contact and conversation with people on the phone? And so, you know, I, I was thinking about that and I've been doing that for a long time. I've even gotten on the elevator with a full elevator before and, you know, most of the time we turn around get in the elevator, we turn towards the door. We're ready to walk out, but not me. I go into an elevator and turn towards the congregation.
can bless people with your words. You can interact with them at every opportunity and create some. But then your ears. <coughs> people need to know that you're listening. Hello? You hear me now? Did I announce the title of this message? Oh, I should have done that. Are you talking about, are you talking to me? That's the title of this message. Did I say that twice? Okay, the title of the message is, Are You Talking to Me? Did I just say that three times? People need to speak, and they need for us to listen to them. And then your eyes can be used. Now, I know a lot of us uh, look and admire the beauty of other people, but I think we ought to look and look for the beauty of other people. You know, not, not everybody is not dead gorgeous. I mean, y'all can look and see that not everybody is knocked down, you know what I'm saying. But there is beauty in every person, you know. Some people have the most beautiful eyes, you know, and, and uh, small ears. I just love small ears. Beautiful feet, you know, flawless skin. Keep on looking, you know, and, and you'll find something about somebody and say that. Say that nice thing. You know, I'm, I know I'm weird, and I, I went in the other day to get some uh, milk, and I stopped at the counter to pay, and the guy looked like maybe he was ready for me to move on, dot org. And uh, so... Uh, I thought, you know, I'm going to go ahead and ask this because at least the front of his hair had to be his own. I, I didn't really think it was a, you know, a, a, a rug. <laughs> but I thought, I'm going to venture out here. And I said, that has to be your real hair. And that ain't fair. And he laughed, and I was a comedic break for that day for him. And he, he talked to me for a little bit, and he said, you know, it probably won't last long. He said, looking at my family, it won't last long. I said, well, enjoy it while you have it. It looks great on you. Now, I think we can use our eyes as well. And, um, and so I think we need to rep, uh, recognize that people not only need to be seen, but they need to feel like you're seeing them. Being present with them in the moment. And perhaps that's um, one of the greatest things you can give somebody is to be present in the moment. When Beverly lost her dad, we had some folks in Oklahoma City. They weren't, you know, super talkative, but what they did was they came over listened and were present you know it's something about having somebody in your presence that makes you feel like you're validated somebody cares about you you're good enough for them to come and spend their time in uh, in your company and so our being present is a huge thing as we um, 
as we establish and maintain a culture of heritage. Now, I mean, of honoring. There's a, a dog next door, a neighbor has a dog named Sosa, and I would like for everybody, in fact, I'd like to be like that little chihuahua. Um, and when I, when I come into the driveway, back into the driveway for the quick getaway, um, that dog hears me back into the driveway, and I can hear him yapping. And, and then when I get out, the neighbor releases her, and she comes running to me to honor me. In fact, that's the most honor I get in the whole neighborhood. I'm not going to talk about the honor I get at the house. I'm just going to talk about the neighborhood. And, and I thought about that, you know, and, and she, I knew how to receive honor too, you know. It's not just about honoring, but it's about receiving honor. If we're going to honor each other, we better learn how to receive it, right? You receive it humbly and you return honor, being ready to return honor. You know, some people think honor is earned. Not all honor is earned. Some of it, you just give it, right? They don't deserve it, perhaps, but you give honor because that's who you are. It represents who you are. There should be no big eyes and little U's in the kingdom of God. Making others the object of our affection and attention, attention should be our goal in this culture of honoring. You don't withhold but you welcome others into your fellowship. We often wonder um, what the, the qualifications would be to get into the in crowd. There ought not be an in crowd. Everybody ought to be the in crowd. I'm getting myself in a lot of trouble here and I'm liking it. Proverbs 3 and 27. Don't withhold any good that is due when it is within your power. Um, within your hand to do it so give people the benefit of the doubt you know why is it that when um, when we cut somebody cut in on somebody in the traffic it's whoops for us you know but for when they cut in on us there's a conspiracy they're trying to make me late for work no, they might just not have been paying attention like when we cut them off in traffic. Give people the benefit of the doubt. We need to trust God's grace being at work in others. 1 Peter 4, 8. Uh, sometimes people have difficulty interpreting this or they interpret this as uh, being the blood of Jesus Christ and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm sure that that's, um, that's true also. But I kind of feel like that this verse is saying Give people the benefit of the doubt. Listen and see if you can hear it in here. In verse 8, fourth chapter of 1 Peter, it says, And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity covers a multitude of sins. Yes, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Why is it we want grace and we want to give to everybody else justice? And I'm going to have a hard time getting through these other 25 pages. Did I announce the title of the message? More than twice. 
we can draw bigger lines, uh, circles, excuse me, of inclusion. You don't have to draw a circle at all, really. But when you do, make sure it's big enough to include more people. Now, Billy Graham, it, it's uh, noted of him, even though he was famous, he counseled uh, presidents and uh, was pr preached all over the world, had thousands, some say hundreds of thousands of people, went all over the world and people were saved under his ministry. They tell me of him that you cannot open the door for him because he gets there first and opens the door for you. I'm sure he has an entourage, but they've learned they can't open the door for him. Now, many of us will open the door for somebody else so they'll get out of the way so we can get in to the store ourselves. Think about this, if you will. There is a culture, and God wants us to develop it. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good for the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Provoke. That's a powerful word. I used to think provoke was just to make mad. That's what my mom would say. You guys, you kids are provoking me to death. I thought it was just to make mad. Do you know that word means to evoke or to bring about a response? It doesn't have to be a bad response. It can be a good response. In fact, that's what the Bible commands us here to bring about the good response of love and to good works. Proverbs 12, 25 says, Heaviness of the heart of a man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. Give somebody an encouraging word. The other day somebody said something negative, and I said, uh, it's obvious here that this is not the range. Range. Because the song says, um, where never is heard a discouraging word, home, home on the range. You may not get that, but at least you can say, wow, that guy's illustrations were strange. Let your speech be always with grace. Now, he... Uh, Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 says, Let all bitterness and wrath, man, the Bible's just in my face today. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Now this is the verse I used to say to the kids uh, on our trips uh, to, uh, to Colorado when, when uh, they were pretty small. I think uh, Cameron was probably 18 when we quit giving him. If we didn't give them Dramamine, we gave them Ephesians 4.32. And be ye kind one to another in the back seat. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Can I get a witness? Now, this is just some of the how. And the Bible says it, we say it, we can think it. Go home now and put a plan together and let's do it. The where is everywhere you are. That's the culture of honoring. You don't switch it on when you come in church. Hello. Woo. 
This culture has to leave with us. We take it everywhere we go. Now, where's the win? What's wrong with starting now? Well, I'm thinking about waiting until pastor preaches the next sermon on honoring. Do it now. For procrastination and uh, complacency are the enemies of obedience. Wake up and see the need. Pray for a sincere desire. Make a decision. Be diligent until you finish. Last week, Pastor Ray challenged us to join him in the pursuit of honoring. It isn't an option. It's more than a sermon series. It's not the next event on the church calendar. It's a principle that must be practiced. It may not be easy. It certainly won't happen on its own without effort. We must be intentional. Just do it. Do it by the help of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3 and 2 says, Ye are our epistles known, excuse me, written in the hearts and known and read of all men. You are the only Bible some people will ever read. And then this is the verse we've all been waiting on. Not just you, but me too. John, the last one. Okay. Some of you are worried about the unwashed hands as you go to the restaurant today, aren't you? By this shall all men know that you're my disciples. Not how much you give. Not how many people go to your church. Not where you are on the state paper, in the state paper. Not any of these other works. Without this, 1 Corinthians says, it's a gong and a a cymbal. By this shall shall all men know that you're my disciples. You have love one towards another. Just do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? Let's appreciate Pastor James Jones, one more time. We're getting ready to pray. We just want to pray and take to heart the work of honor. It has to be a decision that we make in our hearts. We have to be, as he said, we have to be intentional about it. We have to pray and say, Lord, show me the truth. Show me where I'm missing it. Show me. Where does it affect me every day in my life when I wake up in the morning through my day and when I lay my head down at night? I want to honor and I want to live a life of honor. And he's right. It's, I've, I've thought about this all week. Honor has to be a decision that we change our life with. We have to decide, I'm going to be an honorable person. And then we have to do this thing. So it's A lot of times when people talk about it, they mean it in a negative way, but I mean in a positive way. We have to have this symbolic ceremony where we burn our bridge and we don't go back from it. We have to become the people of honor that God has intended us to be and never go back again. Never decide, ah, we're just going to just go back. We have to make a decision and say, we're not going back. We're going forward and we're never going back there. Amen. It has to be a decision of our hearts. 
Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the demonstration and the instruction that it gives. And thank you for Brother Jones who's given given it to us today. God, we pray now in the name of Jesus that these words of your scripture, the words that we've heard today, they would become the conviction that we have in our heart that when we walk away from here today, when we get up tomorrow and go back to work, Lord, let those be the things uh, reverberating by your Holy Spirit inside of us, Lord, so that we reflect who you are and we treat the world as you would. Help us to be an honorable people. God, it's the voice of heaven. Help us to be that in the world today. In the name of Jesus, we praise you. We thank you, Lord, and we give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As you go, I want to share something with you very important. I'm sure if you're like me, uh, you like having a nice yard at your house. You like things being a certain way. If you've looked around our church anytime recently, the uh, weed demons have, have had a heyday around our church. This week, we're going to have uh, some instruction. If you have some free time, you would like to come by and say, Hey, I want to volunteer. I want to you know, clean out a flower bed. I want to help pick up a little bit of trash. I want to get those pesky uh, pieces of grass that grow up in the cracks of the parking lot. I want to get rid of those things. If that's your heart and mind, we're going to uh, have the church open, so to speak, all week long for you to come by anytime. We'll give you some supplies. You bring your yard tools. You bring those things. We'll have water. We'll have uh, towels to wipe the sweat from your brow. We'll have everything that you need as far as that goes for disposal. But we're opening the church. We want to spend a week taking care of our church outside. And also, if you look around me, you see this wonderful pinkish, purplish carpet. Some of you call it mauve. Some of you call it something else. Something, some people just call it ugly. I don't know. But, but forgive me if you think it's beautiful. We can roll up some of it and have it at your house later this week. Anyhow. One of the things that we're doing is we're kind of changing the carpet. So not only are we picking up weeds and stuff outside, but we're going to kind of change the look some in here, and we're going to be taking up this carpet through the week uh, here on the stage. Amen. Amen. That was almost a roar of applause. That was almost that, was that close. Anyhow, we're going to be taking that up this week and uh, working on that in the same way. Come by anytime. We'll work it out. We'll make it happen, and you can help us with that. And uh, we're going to step from the 90s right over into the 2019s. Anyhow, God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. The mix is tonight, uh, so that's our young adults. God bless you all. Have a wonderful time, and uh, God bless you.